live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hello once again, my name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And we would like to welcome you to another episode of the X and Y on the Fly podcast. This time, which has been a long time coming, actually any podcast from us has been a long time coming. Yes, but we should do this more regularly. Yes, we should. And we will. You know, we should do things in our life to become more regular. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This time we're going to talk about something that Emily and I have shared pretty much since the first 10 seconds we've known each other, which is chemistry. Yes, and all kinds of different kinds of chemistries out there. And we're going to talk about the kind that makes relationships tick. You know, I think that's the first time in my entire life, all the years I've walked this fine, beautiful, green earth of ours, I've ever heard chemistry in the plural form. (laughs) Well, there's good chemistry and there's bad chemistry. That's pretty true, actually. You know, perhaps a good place to start off this conversation would be, what the hell is chemistry? Because people talk about, oh... Chemistry is really important to a relationship. And then there are other people who say, you know, you can't judge whether your relationship's going to last or not because of chemistry. That's like a false positive or something crazy like that. And people really don't know what they're really talking about. It's sort of this intangible it factor that couples either have or they don't, right? Oh, yes. Well, I've even heard people say, well, if you have chemistry, that's a bad thing because you actually need to be just friends and get along. And chemistry is, you know, it works against you. Which is weird because I think you need to have both. Well, what's the difference between chemistry and friendship? Can't friends have chemistry? (laughs) Well, yes, we're friends. You're my best friend. Well, exactly. Yet we still have chemistry. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so with that little uh, growl of yours, you're kind of implying that chemistry has something to do with sexual attraction. Absolutely. You can have chemistry and not get along. You can have chemistry and be bad for each other. I mean, I've actually met men before in my past, and oh my goodness, you know, the minute you think about them or see them and the body and your mind and everything's just going nuts because it's like this amazing attraction, but that's all there is. Oh yeah, I've had women in my life who I was hot for, but I couldn't stand them. (laughs) That's sad. I remember one time I was at summer camp, and I've talked about this on my other podcast, The Mountaintop. There was this gal, and I was just so hot for her. And we drove each other nuts. I mean, we talked to each other a lot, and we had to work together because we were both working at this camp, you know. And we just got on each other's nerves to no end. And so finally, we're bantering back and forth one day you know, basically bickering with each other. And this other blonde girl who was kind of a tall, lanky, kind of a goofy girl walks by both of us and goes, oh my God, why don't you two just get a room? (laughs) She could see the chemistry. Right. It's like all our arguing was foreplay, not that we couldn't stand each other. Of course, nothing ever happened because we just looked at each other and looked at the blonde girl like, what in the heck are you talking about? But both of us, I think, in retrospect, were hiding the fact that we really liked each other. We were just basically acting like first graders. You know how, like, the little boy will yank on the little girl's pigtails or, like, put a frog in her hands and make her go, (laughs) ew, but they really just like each other? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if we ever outgrow that. 
and probably not. I mean, I had an uncle and aunt, and they're the only couple I know of that had that type of relationship all of their life, their entire marriage for 50-something years. That's and, a lot of frogs. <laughs> until death That's a lot of pigtails. <laughs> I know, right? But they had, for some reason, they made that chemistry work. Well, I'm curious about the word chemistry in this context. Because, you know, you think of chemicals and you think of substances being mixed together, you know, like the chemical formula for water, H2O. Is it really about material substance here? I don't think so. I'm wondering where the word even came from, what the etymology is of referring to this phenomenon as chemistry to begin with. Well, it has everything to do with pheromones. You know, your body releases certain chemicals and someone else is reacting to that. There's an odor, there's a smell, even if you can't detect it. Come on, you really think so? I do absolutely believe it because how many people do we meet in life and we don't feel that type of energy with them? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I acknowledge that pheromones exist and you can even replace them artificially if you're washing them off every day. But when you're talking about couples having chemistry together, that has everything to do with their personality types mixing together well. It has to do with them finding each other attractive. Like I said, it's this almost intangible it factor where they just like being around each other, want more of each other. They're charming to each other. I would refer to chemistry as sort of a charisma that flows between two people. You know, I can agree with that because there have been people who meet and get to know each other and they develop that type of, like you said, charisma, that type of chemistry over time and become bonded together. But then again, there are also women I've met who smell funny to me. And I think that's probably biology saying, uh, you know, you two wouldn't make very good babies together. And, you know, that's, that's to protect the population from, you know, things happening. <laughs> but I do believe chemistry does exist externally. But there is that special type of chemistry that we want to talk about, which is internal. Things that are attractive to one another, and that would have to do more with personality traits. Yeah, I agree. So, okay, when we're talking about this chemistry, and like I said, I would call it kind of a charisma that flows between two people. What exactly does that look like? How do you know when you have chemistry with someone? I mean, I think it's sort of a moot question, but it also has to be addressed or we wouldn't be doing this podcast topic justice. Exactly. Well, let's say, for example, that you're in an environment with other people and other children and you're with this guy and he's charming and you see him being extra kind and very generous to an elderly lady or to a child and he's just showing his his manly but very kind qualities. And it's endearing, especially if he's dancing with a little girl or he dances with your grandma. And you're thinking, you know, that guy, I could actually really get along with him. And you start to be endeared to him because you can see someone you can trust and feel secure with. Well, I think there you're talking about the big four traits, you know, a confident man who makes women feel safe and comfortable with them, yet acts like a masculine man in the way women define it and has character. And that comes down to connectability, which is, hey, this is the kind of guy, or, you know, if a woman is like that, you know, she's feminine, of course, not masculine, uh, but otherwise the same. These are the kind of people who everybody pretty much is going to like. But chemistry, I think, is something almost preternatural. It isn't necessarily something you can define as being a generic set of traits that everyone will want or everyone will relate to. The chemistry can be between two completely weird people who somehow their strange, unique, quirky, perhaps even eccentric personalities just meshed together 
and they just get each other, and they're truly, well, dare I use the word, soulmates. <laughs> Someday we're going to coin a new phrase that will define that much better. Much better than soulmates? Yes, because soulmates indicate that there's only one person on this planet for you, and there's really a multitude that will match you perfectly. Oh, I agree. And, you know, you're my soulmate, and I still agree. <laughs> you <Yeah>, right. <laughs> But, you know, that reminds, me, that reminds me of that couple we met on the train. Oh, my gosh, they were so adorable. They look like brother and sister. They both had blonde dreadlocks and the same exact kind of tattoos and wore the same exact clothing from the, uh, you know, military surplus store together. Right. They were adorable. They oh, were yeah. just like each other. They were one and the same. And I remember when we met them, they spoke wonderful English. They were from Sweden, I believe. And uh, I joked with them that the very minute they met each other, they must have known they were just born for each other. And they laughed and kind of looked at each other. And like, oh, well, pretty much. Right. Yeah. But I would say chemistry is this complex set of circumstances whereby we look at someone and already suspect they're going to be our kind of person. They're going to be not only the kind of person who just does it for us sexually, but someone I'm going to get along with, someone I could spend time with, someone I find interesting. But then you actually interact with that person and your sensibilities are similar. You believe in certain similar things. You like to do things that are similar. You feel like you can introduce each other to new experiences and new ways of thinking that would be perfectly agreeable to you. And life is just better because this person is sharing it with you. Everything is easy. And I don't want to say that in a Pollyanna-ish sense, as if nothing bad's ever going to happen in your life together, should you be together long-term or anything like that. But simply that your life is better because this person's in it. It's not a struggle. It's not work. You don't have to try to figure out this person. You get each other and you like each other and you're glad the other person's around and you're hot for each other. You're just excited about this whole idea of this other person. You know, that reminds me of when we first met, actually before we met. I remember seeing your profile, reading it, and thinking to myself, oh my goodness, this might be the man I connect with. Because what you wrote went hand in hand with the way I believe and think. And I was thinking to myself, you know, if he ends up being the person that is in this profile, this actually might work out perfectly. And when I met you, you were the person that you were in your profile. And we, we just hit it off right away. And the interesting thing is, as we've gone through life together, we've become more like each other. And they say <laughs> that couples do that. But, you know, we dress more alike. We share more of the same ideas about things. Uh, we like the same kind of food that we may not have even ever tried before we met each other, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that just really proves that that chemistry, whatever it was, was real. Because over time, for lack of a better way to put it, we became more relevant to each other's sensitivities and sensibilities than we were even before we met. We've been good for each other in the best sense of the word. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because they say when, as you get older, you change. And I will say the both of us have changed completely since we both met. But we have changed together and bonded even closer than I could ever imagine. So when couples break up because they, quote unquote, grew apart over the years, would you say that's where chemistry really would have helped early on? When you talk about chemistry as a science, right, you create chemical bonds between two substances. Do you think this chemistry is something that creates a chemical bond between two people in the social sense or even in the physical sense? Well, that's an interesting thought because when you're talking about science and chemicals and reactions, you can throw things in the mix that will cause 
certain atoms to split and for certain molecules to separate. In real life, you can throw things into a relationship that will cause it to separate and come apart. Yeah, there's some pretty nuclear relationships out there, unfortunately. Or, you know, at the very least, the couple is more like sodium and water than oxygen and hydrogen. Right. So either they're not perfectly bonded together or they've allowed things to come into that relationship that has been toxic and deteriorate and part those bonds. Well, I mean, at the very beginning, I think it's rather dangerous for people to completely dismiss chemistry as if it doesn't matter. Because if you don't have any chemistry, then you're not getting along. Then you're not able to really penetrate each other's souls and see into each other's minds and all that airy-fairy stuff. Which is important because it you is. and I see each other and sometimes we'll drive by and say, you know, I'm hungry. And the other one is thinking the same thing as far as what we're wanting to eat together or the same restaurant for that matter. Yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes you'll suggest something for dinner and I'm already thinking of it. And it's been months or weeks since we've eaten that. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's just nuts. So people are already rolling their eyes out there and going, well, you know, you two are exceptional. I mean, you know, why would the McKays sit here and try to lecture us on chemistry? Well, I think there's a valid point there. But I also think that when you're connectable in the way I described earlier, where you have these traits like, you know, you're optimistic and generous and things like that and honest. When you meet someone who's also like that, it sets a good framework for having a wonderful relationship. Then you don't have anything clouding your vision into whether you're actually getting along or not. Or trying to force it to happen. Right. And what happens is people settle for someone and then they start with the battle cries like, oh, chemistry doesn't matter because it's an excuse because they don't have it in their relationship. Therefore, they're going to say, oh, well, that doesn't really matter. It reminds me of when couples marry and they are completely different in terms of their core belief system. But they're thinking, oh, well, you know what? It doesn't matter at all. Because we have chemistry. Right, exactly. I'm we so have... hot for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because you kind of just boomeranged that back at me. I'm thinking it's like we don't have chemistry, but it doesn't matter. Therefore, we're going to try to shoehorn a relationship here into our lives. But you're saying we may have chemistry and have nothing else in common. Right. And I think that's what gives birth to these opinions that are cynical about chemistry. Like, oh, these couples are just hot for each other and they're going to build an entire relationship on that, but they and have nothing in common. Yeah. It's going to be a nuclear relationship. The chemistry is going to be like two feckless freshmen in a lab <laughs> at high school who blow the place up, you know, and get suspended or expelled or whatever, or have to pay a big bill for burning up a classroom. You know, I, I joke about blowing up the chemistry lab together. Matter of fact, that was in my online profile. And yes, you guys can steal it if you want. I wanted to find someone who I could blow up the chemistry lab together was one of my lines. And a lot of women said, that's really cute. I like that. But really, you have to have a left-brained and a right-brained approach to this relationship thing, not a hair-brained approach to it. Exactly. You know, I've gone out with guys who are just wonderful on paper. They're sweet and kind in person. But, oh, my goodness, the, you know, the attraction that mm, I want to take him and have him, you know, just take me wasn't there. And I was so frustrated. I remember those moments. Yeah. I know. So I've, I've seen those situations and, you know, sometimes people go, well, we're so perfect together otherwise. I'm sure we'll, you know, that'll come along later in life. Maybe those things develop years after you've been together. I think when people are used to having chemistry with a lot of motos, members of the other sex, I think it comes from a place of having that foundational connectability. They're good, decent people that are liked by the masses. They're not 
black-hearted, selfish, negative people, right? And then they're also very polarized in their femininity or their masculinity. Because if you're a good, decent person and you're a masculine guy, then you find a good, decent person who's a feminine woman, that sexual polarity is going to contribute to that chemistry. But I would also say that personality type and interests and your quirks, when those really match up, you know, it's kind of like a three-legged stool at that point. You know, you have your fundamental traits that make you a decent person, right? You have masculine, feminine polarity. Then you have these almost esoteric things in common with this other person, almost by accident, that make you say, my goodness, this person, it's as if they were designed by God himself for me. And then when you have those three things working, that's when the fireworks explode in a good way. Yes, absolutely. And that's when life becomes beautiful because you contribute to the joy together. You know, I can always be happy by myself, but it was so much nicer having you in my life because we contribute to even better, happier life. So when someone says, hey, chemistry is a liar, you shouldn't base your relationship on chemistry alone. Do you think this is coming from a place where the people speaking like that are lacking the two other legs of the stool? and continuously failing when they just find someone they get along with and have chemistry because they don't have the character or that foundational set of traits that make them really relationship ready. Yes, you know, and we've worked with people this way before who have gone through marriages, been through divorces, and I asked, I said, so what made you marry this last person? Well, he was different than the last few relationships I had, and because I wanted somebody different. I didn't want to repeat my relationships. I wanted the opposite of what I had. And even though we didn't have chemistry, even though I didn't really feel sexually, you know, attracted to him, but since he was the opposite of every guy I ever dated, that means this is going to succeed. Which is just faulty thinking. That's like, okay, this other thing didn't work, so I'm going to do the exact opposite of it, hoping it'll work. I mean, you know, Einstein's definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Okay, people will run through relationships and the stereotype is, you know, it's the same relationship with a different person. They keep attracting the same kind of person over and over again. But you also don't want to let the pendulum swing all the way to the other side going, oh, you know what? My ex was crazy or my ex was a horrible person who abused me. So I'm going to go find someone who is exactly opposite of them in every way. I think that's an overcorrection, an overreaction. You know, when you get right down to it, Emily, if you say, hey, chemistry doesn't matter, I'm going to be afraid of chemistry, then what you're doing is trying to find a roommate, not someone you're hot for, someone who you almost have a transactional business relationship with as partners. And I guess if that floats your boat, great. It reminds me of the lady one time who said, I don't understand why you talk about masculinity and femininity so much. I think masculinity and femininity are social constructs and they're both, you know, mythical. And I'm like, well, you know, I think it makes for a lot better and hotter a sexual relationship. And she, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> and she responded back, I'll never forget it. Oh, the sex in our relationship is just fine. I go, just fine? Whew. Boy, are you missing out on something in life. It's almost like I would love to lift the veil for this lady and show her what hot, horny, male-female sex really looks like. Not personally, <laughs> obviously. But Fireworks I mean, compared to firecrackers. Well, I mean, firecrackers can still be pretty hot. I mean, to me, it seems almost like, you know, the Charlie Rose show or something. Like one of those PBS shows is like, so tell me, uh, what about sex? Let's have a philosophical discussion about this versus, you know, like 
a freaking finale <laughs> of fireworks and a nuclear warhead exploding overhead sex. We're missing out if we're afraid of chemistry. But on the other hand, if it's all about just the chemistry, if this person is so hot to you, but you're forsaking everything else to get in a relationship with this person and you know they're just not right and they're lacking character or you don't even get along. They're cheaters or they're, right. you know, just character l- issues. Right. They're, like you said, they're either cheaters or maybe they are liars. They're mistreating you. They're not, you know, giving you the respect you deserve. Maybe even abusers for that matter. You can't give up those deal breakers just because the sex is just amazing. Yeah, you're headed towards a huge crash there. I mean, that's going to end up in divorce court and it will be an ugly divorce. And hopefully there won't be. Expensive. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And hopefully there won't be children involved by then because, Mm -hmm. I mean, God forbid those children grow up in that home. They're going to be like, this is what it's all about. This is the model I'm being given. So, I mean, look, let's land this plane here. It's got to be a balance. If you actually are good, decent, relationship-ready people, that's the foundation. In other words, you're equipped to be one half of a great relationship. You're not psychotic. You're not mean and nasty. You're not incredibly selfish and in this just for what you can get instead of what you can give. Great. Next, you know, then you got to have foundational elements of your belief system that match up. You know, what God do you worship? How do you spend money? How do you want to raise your children? Uh, do you eat meat or don't you eat meat? Those things have to matter also. And then it seems like chemistry is the icing on the cake. You know, the sweet part. The dessert. Yes. So if we just absolutely crave each other and adore each other and are so into each other that we just connect at this really hot level, then you have the whole package, don't you? And you know, and you should always strive to have that because anything less is just cheating ourselves. Oh, yeah. And it's all about balance. And of course, you have to, first of all, have that foundation of being relationship ready. Then you have to be honest with yourself. I mean, I dare say you have to even know who the heck you are before you can know who the person who's going to match up with you is. And a lot of people really haven't sorted out their own identity yet. So that's the next step is what do you believe in order to even be in the position to have the wherewithal to find someone who agrees with you on those things and who is like you. And then on top of that, be honest and faithful to yourself. Right, exactly. And then on top of that, who are you hot for? And do all the numbers match? Do all three legs of that stool conspire to have a nice steady foundation or is it going to wobble and fall apart? So much for the stool analogy. (laughs) Three-legged stool. Yes, I agree. So these things are important. And, you know, you might think, well, I can make do without one of them. I can make this work. But why would you want to make it work? I mean, why not just make life so much simpler and have it all together up front? Well, that would be a completely different podcast on why do people get married when they think marriage is the end of their life and horrible and you're going to have a ball and chain around your ankle forever. Wow, what an awful thought when you go into a marriage that way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. People think, okay, marriage is something that people just do, and I'm going to have to do it. It's time to get married, and, you know, my life's over. We've heard this before. Oh, yeah. Actually, I read something on Facebook yesterday where someone was saying, okay, at what age did you decide that all the fun and games are over and it's time to settle down and get married? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, that's just terrible. And a dating coach asked it. 
And it's true. And we've said it before on this very show. You and I have had more adventures, crossed more items off our bucket list, and had more fun, not only since we've been married, but since we had the other two kids. I know. I was going to say the same thing. Not only that, but with children. Children didn't even kill that. No, no, no. And I think that has a lot to do with having that balance as a couple. No matter what you do together, life is better. Because you have, well, those three foundational elements all in place. Chemistry. Yeah. Uh, Chemistry being one of them. Well, I say chemistry in different forms. All three legs are chemistries. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Ha, I disagreed with you. I think, you know, the foundational elements of being connectable are not exactly chemistry. They're basic personality traits that make you more amenable to being liked by other people. The second leg of the stool, of course, being my core foundational belief system. Okay, I think that could contribute to you getting along with someone better. But that hot chemistry, that, oh my goodness, this person, I just crave more of them. That's what I think of as chemistry. It's just one leg of those three. That lust. Yeah, that's part of it for sure. (laughs) I still lust after you after all these years. Well, you know, the kids are still asleep. Oh, is that sinful of me to lust after you even though we're married? No, you can. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate you (laughs) giving me that permission. Because I was craving it. Speaking of. Speaking of, I'm going to throw, actually, this is not speaking of it at all. I'm about to throw a wrench in this entire conversation. You ready? We're ready. I also believe that people who aren't even feeling sexual towards each other can also have chemistry. Like, for example, you watch a TV show or you watch a movie and the actors who are on that show together just work together wonderfully and clearly like each other and bounce ideas off each other and work together wonderfully on that show. Like you think of the great comedy teams over the years, like Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello. Clearly, those guys had chemistry or they wouldn't have been able to work side by side so brilliantly for all those years, but I doubt they were sexually attracted to each other. So that chemistry, you can even boil down apart from sexual attraction and it's something having to do more with a connection even at a social level it doesn't have to be about sex does it it's just that male female chemistry has that sexual you know element built into it well it's the intellectual thought process you know that he gets me or she gets me and that just turns you on or when you come and you do something for me and you're protecting me or you're you know, you're being my guy, taking care of matters, it turns me on. Right, but you're trying to drag me back into the sexual turn-on phase of this well, podcast again. No, but it's the, <laughs> it's the element of the thinking and the doing and all that that creates, kind of like pulls it all together. But you would agree that chemistry would be the term to describe performers who get along wonderfully together. You're right. It doesn't have to be sexual. It can be intellectual. Or even personal like relational in a platonic way true the way two dudes would have a relationship i'm just saying you can have chemistry without it being sexual per se yeah well that's how girlfriends behave you know we sure find you know a girlfriend and we're like hey we get each other and we hang out together and have fun and giggle and yeah that's a chemistry yeah yeah that's exactly what i'm getting at so this term chemistry Yes, it applies to sexual relationships, but it also applies to any situation where you are just firing on all cylinders with this other person. You get each other. You have an ability to relate to each other that's natural, mutually beneficial, and that, frankly, both of you really like and enjoy. We were watching that movie uh, about Laurel and Hardy called Stan and Ollie. 
And one of the things that really comes through in that movie is the chemistry those two guys had. Yes, both on and off set. Right. And they had a hard time admitting that they actually loved each other after all those years of working with each other because, you know, they were heterosexual guys and both had wives, et cetera, et cetera. But they really did. They had an affinity for each other. They cared about each other. They cared about their act together. What they did together in their relationship was almost like one big global piece for them. Who the other person was was part of who they were. It was their passion. Right. You know, that's a great way to put it. Chemistry is something passionate that creates something between two people that feels uniquely shared between both of them. That's beautifully put. I well, would agree. Wonderful. I think that's a good way to, uh, to draw close to this podcast. I would agree. So with that, if you would like to learn more about this podcast and how we may be able to help you have the love of your life, not only have chemistry with the person of your dreams, but to build a good solid relationship, build those other two legs of the stool so you have good solid foundation and uh, our relationship ready, go ahead and go to www.scottandemily.com front slash podcast where you can find show notes for this particular podcast and perhaps get in touch with us for free for 25 minutes so we can discuss what's going on in your life and perhaps find a coaching program that's right for you. We'd love to hear from you. And until we talk to you again next time, my name's Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisper, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for... The X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.